Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 or 88 FM across Australia. And you are listening to the delayed broadcast introduction for the breakfast show with Mon and Mon. No, I'm kidding. Lyle is here. <laughs> he just dipped out, so I'm doing the intro without him. But you are indeed, of course, listening to the Lady Broadcast Introduction. We actually recorded this show on the 15th of August, a wonderful Wednesday that was. And I'm not quite sure when you're hearing this, but you know what? You can actually jump across to the show that is being broadcast live. Every morning we are live on air, but we record it and we play it back for some of you listeners, which means two shows are happening at the same time. And we want you to join the live show because it's so much more fun. All the news is up to date. You can answer the quiz if you're quick enough. You can get the free giveaway at the end if you're quick enough. You can ask the question of the day. You can send us your gratitude stories. All that stuff is so much better on the live show. So here's how you get there. Number one, you go to TuneIn app, which is free to download. I mean, you can get the paid version, but you know what? Don't worry about that. Just get the free version. You can search for Faith FM Australia, press play, add us to your favorites, or you can go to faithfm.com.au. That is our website. Up the top, you'll see the live stream and you can press play on that and voila, you will be live with us on air. It'll be great fun. Of course, we want to tell you what we're grateful for and we want to hear what you're grateful for. So give us a message, 0491-064-669. Tell us any time of day. You can, you can text it to the late show, it's fine. Today we had a message from Josh Forestville. He says, hey guys, I am grateful that God keeps pursuing me even though I let him down at times. How he blesses me at times when I least deserve it and how he keeps showing me through clear messages that he loves me and is still looking after me absolutely amazes me. That's such a beautiful story. We would tell you what we're grateful for, except Lyle left me by myself, so I'm not sure I should tell you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, that's right. Lyle was grateful for glass. It was so weird. Lyle, so weird sometimes. I was grateful for new technology and I'm going to share a little bit more about that new technology next in our good news segment and we also put our new technology up on our current technology which is our Facebook, our Instagram and our Twitter. So you can join us on any of those three um, social media platforms. So our Instagram handle is faithfmlive, it's all lowercase and it's one word and of course you can actually get on there and you can find out the current quiz clues and you can be ahead of it because we put more quiz clues on our Instagram than we do on our show. And of course, our Facebook is Faith FM Australia and our Twitter is also Faith FM Live, all lowercase one word. Jump across to there and you can check out the new apps that we're discussing coming up right after this show. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon the throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Bring
everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. That was uh, Anthem Lights with the Crown Medley here on Faith FM. And as we move on to, with today's show, I believe we have a quiz that is already up on Instagram. Yes, we have the first two clues on Instagram. And Lyle doesn't know what the answer no, is. I haven't, I haven't got it from the first two. I am just dying. Literally, well, not literally dying, but I am figuratively dying. Just hoping that someone will call in. Before Lyle can figure it out so that I can give them two prizes. Please, Hasn't, hasn't happened yet. No one's beaten me to it yet. Actually, someone did one oh, time. Really? But they weren't eligible for the prize because they just won a prize. So we only do a prize a month per listener. So they called in. They knew the they answer. They called in for bragging rights. They called in for bragging rights. And you're rights, welcome to do that. We love it when you do, do that. Yeah, that yeah, was Mary, course, by yeah. the way. Hats mm-hmm. off to Mary. I think it was really like yesterday or the day before and she, um, she got it. So, yeah. Good on her. No, I knew it both the last two days. No, she got it before you did. Good on you, Mary. Very proud of you. She got it before we went to air. Mary Hornby from, I can't remember. But yeah, I'm yeah. very happy about Mary. Mary and I are good mates now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. particularly, okay. particularly because her sister, I believe, has your scarf. Yeah, well, when I finish attaching that, that tag, she will. Anyway, okay, so who am I? This morning is a new quiz, of course. The first clue, I lived in the Valley of Sorek. I've never even heard of the Valley of Sorek, but this person lived there. And if you can tell me the answer, we'll send you two prizes if you can get it before Lyle. And after Lyle, we'll send you one prize. But hey, prize nonetheless. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. And of course, you can jump on Instagram and check out the clues ahead of time and you can watch them over and over again. So (laughs) yeah. It's good. There you go. Jump across there, have a look, and uh, see if you can get the answer to that one before I do, and get yourself two prizes. Now, like, you know how I love a bit of technology? Mm-hmm. Technology. Yes. So, over the weekend, I had a wonderful experience, and I'm so hippie, hippie, hippie about it. So, I, um, you know, You're always a bit of a hippie. I said happy. Not yeah, hippie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a bit of a, okay, you're not so much hippie as you're a bit of a greenie. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 you yeah. are, you are. I'm much cleaner than a greenie. I mean, no offense to any greenies, but they don't seem to be too concerned with showers. But um, <laughs> stereotyping, <laughs> stereotyping. Oh, some angry hippies about to call them. <laughs> uh, anyway. I know lots of hippies, and they're 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 super ultra clean. Oh, good on them. They might not be real hippies, then, Lyle. I don't know. Isn't there a definition where they have to like live in a tree and shower in the woods and the river? You are or such something? a stereotyper. Anyway, 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 anyway. We're so off you know, track you know, right you know now. We, you know we get in trouble for stereotyping people, right? Yes, but I'm going to blame you for this. So. <laughs> I got the blame last time. We were accused of stereotyping someone. <laughs> you did too. Oh, that's funny. You're the boss, Lyle. That's where the buck stops. <laughs> anyway, so I love a bit of technology. I'm not that much of a I love hippies. Me too, me too. In fact, when I was in high school, my nickname was Motor Hippie, and uh, and I'm not mad about that. But I and Claire, who comes on here sometimes, she's a bit of a hippie. She is totally a bit of a hippie, and to- I love her. To- totally a lot of a hippie, actually. Yeah, totally a lot of a hippie. Anyway, anyway, I downloaded an app over the weekend that has made me so happy because okay, I'm sure you know that women have like the biggest handbags and the massivest purses and just huge clunky chunky yes, you know what wallets. The man's, you know what the man's um, equivalent is? What? Pockets. Yeah, yes. We couldn't possibly fit everything in our pocket. Um, so we have to carry huge bags around. But I, I'm like on this like slow but steady journey of minimalism, right? And I'm trying to downsize. I'm always trying to get selling something off, trying to get rid of my stuff and uh, and this like evades all aspects of my life as much as possible and I downloaded an app that I didn't know existed I just I think I accidentally came across it called Stowcard and it's basically an app and you know how you have all those loyalty cards in your wallet you got your everyday rewards for Woolies you got your um, your flybys for Coles you got you know your Kurong card you got it's like all these different loyalty cards right and you're supposed to scan them when you go to the shop and you collect points or whatever it is and um, I have like my wallet was mostly loyalty cards. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to scan all these loyalty cards into my app. And so this app now holds them. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is <clears throat> like, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously you just go to the shop and you scan your phone instead of scanning like a, a card. But this, the, the app will also alert you to remind you. So it knows like when you're in the shop, it's like, oh, hey, PS, don't forget to scan your flybys card. And so you can you scan. How many cards I carry? None. But I'm sure your no, wife two. carries a I bunch. I carry two. 
Yeah, but I'm sure your wife carries my a license. Bunch. You gotta have a license. Yeah, 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 your license. Anyway, and a credit card so I can buy things. Yeah, but I'm sure your wife would prefer it if you would like scan your flybys. But your wife probably does all your shopping for you, all your grocery shopping, and she would carry a flybys and an everyday rewards. And I know she does because I carried it for her sometimes. See, yeah, she's smiling at me right now, <laughs> and um, she's in the studio today. And so after I finished <coughs> putting all my information onto this app, I then got my my wallet out and ripped it apart and realized. I only have three cards now and a $2 it's, it's coin. A, it's a good feeling, isn't it? And I went to the shop the next day and I bought a brand new wallet. Look at the size <laughs> of this thing. Isn't it tiny? Okay, so we're going to post that on Facebook. Definitely going to post that on Facebook. It it's is, like a third of the size of my previous this is, wallet. This is, the, this is the result of a new app. And then I was with... I was with okay, M- so I'm going to actually get this app because... I'll tell you why. Why? I do have a whole stack of cards somewhere. I think it floats around in my computer bag. And you hate taking it with you, right? And... You've kind of got to keep them, um, yeah. Just in case you need one, like your your your, your um, frequent flyer card, yes, in case I yep. forget the you number. Can upload those. See, I've got all those numbers written down and stored away. You can on upload my phone any already. kind of card. I even scan my library card into the app and it allows you to do that. And it has it has presets, so you can like go in there and it has a list of like almost every single retailer under the sun in Australia, and you can just be, oh click that's my bed bath and table card and then just scan it. It's amazing. <laughs> a card Look, for bed bath and table. Bed bath and table is almost a religion for women. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so check out the Stoke Card app. It has my personal stamp of approval. I wonder uh, whether I can put my rare spares card in there. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah. Yeah, that's more like it. Is it American? I, know. I put one American card on there and it still worked. <laughs> anyway, speaking of cool apps, um, there is a facial recognition app. And, uh, and I know this is a little bit controversial. People are often scared by facial recognition <coughs> technology. But there's a new app and guess what it's called? I have no idea. Finding Rover. And guess what it does? <laughs> finds dogs. It finds your missing pet. How cute is that? So what you do is you download the app Finding Rover. You take a picture of your cat, your dog, whatever it is you got. And then if the pet goes missing, you list your animal to um, the platform. And then all the other app users around, the, around your area, they'll get a message notifying them that this dog is now missing in your neighborhood, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because I know people post up flyers and posters on you know polls and that kind of a thing but this is a really cool way that everyone can get a notification straight away and mm-hmm. particularly like the pet loving community like you know often it's other dog owners who find missing dogs because you know they're kind of in tune to that and uh, and not only that but animal shelters veterinarians and rescue organizations also use this app as a backup solution for any lost pet that's found without a microchip so it's a really cool platform that a lot of uh, businesses and people are using and I think this would I think this would annoy my neighbours. <laughs> Why? Because so my dog is a little bit of an escape artist. <laughs> well, then and just it would probably go ding in their pocket a little few too many times. Like, oh, the Southwell's dog is out. Whereas, just, just, if, he, if they didn't have that, and uh-huh. he just goes and does his wander thing and, and gets back. a gets a dead kangaroo um, leg and drags it back to the house and <laughs> smiles with great pride. Then uh, just don't list them as being lost. Then just when he goes as well, oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you actually have to activate the uh, the facial recognition part, uh-huh. and um, and then everyone gets like a, a photo, and they can you know do the facial recognition themselves. But um, the also cool thing about this app is that the app has an adoption section, and uh, where these shelters and rescue facilities can post pictures and details about animals that need a forever home. So you are looking. You are. You have been busily surfing this app, haven't, app, haven't yes. you? Yes. <laughs> I need a dog. <laughs> All right. So if you have a dog that you need to get rid of that is not an allergy dog, it's one of those um, hyperallergenic, non shedding dogs. N- short haired, non shedding, whatever kind of dog. It doesn't have to be short haired, just okay. has to be non shedding. Non shedding. Non shedding yeah, 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 yeah. dog, dog that needs a new home, mm-hmm. Mon will give it to it. Could yeah, give it to yeah you. I'll, uh, I'll give it a new home. Give it home. But yeah, but yeah, two really cool new apps Stow Card and Finding Rover. I, I recommend them both, actually. And I'll put pictures up uh, of both those apps on our social media so you can check them out, including a picture of my new wallet, which I. I I love so much. I think I'm going to have it monogrammed, stamped with my initials. There you go. We're going to listen to Sons of Korra, Psalms 68. May God arise And may His foes flee And may His enemies be scattered God arise and may his foes flee and may his 
Listening to Sons of Cora here on Faith FM with Psalm 68, and it looks like Tracy's not going to be joining us for the second day. Tracy, we miss you. We miss you, Tracy. We are no Come news back. coming through. Yeah, what's up? Maybe she went on holiday. Maybe she's in Bermuda. That's what's. That's what's in, in where? Bermuda. That's what my dad always used to say. Anytime we couldn't find something, he'd be like, it's in Bermuda. <laughs> I'm a friend from Bermuda. <laughs> me too. I've been to Bermuda. It's amazing. There you go. Yeah, the so landscape reminds a, me of ice cream. It's not such a bad place to be then. Yeah, it's a lovely, lovely. Pink sand, legit pink sand. In fact, I'm not sure I should admit this on radio, but I actually bought back a couple of bags of Bermuda beach sand. Yes, border control is going to be at your door by the end of this show. Um. Oops. Okay, let me quickly change the subject and tell you the latest <coughs> quiz clue. You were just joking about that, weren't you? Uh, 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 who am I? <laughs> who am I? The only place you can read about me is in the 16th chapter of Judges. Oh, come on. There's not even a clue. Seriously. Well, it tells people where who they Who remembers go. Judges 16? Well. I've actually got an idea who it might be, but I think I might be wrong. You can tell me afterwards in the break. Or you can write it down your piece of paper right now. Yeah, we'll no. See, we'll I'm, see, we'll I'm, see. Not, I'm not that close. I'm about. Yeah. Give us a call. I'm only about 20% there so far. Give so us I'm a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. And if you can get it before Lyle gets it, double prizes. Man, one of these days I'm going to give away those double prizes. I can't wait. Okay. So, of course, <clears throat> once again, Archbishop Philip Wilson in the news again. That guy, man. He just can't keep out of the news because his uh, sentence has now gone through. It is now official that he's going to spend uh, six months for for his crimes. Six months for his crimes. uh, Watching Netflix in his enjoying his sister's hospitality. So six months he's been sentenced to six months at his sister's place. Yeah, this is for covering. This is for covering up, and this is a criminal offence that he's been found guilty for for covering up for James Fletcher, who abused hundreds and hundreds of children. He just needs to be put away for Now, life. here's the worst part of it because mm-hmm. it gets worse than this. Mm-hmm. He's appealing. Okay? He's appealing? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Everybody's allowed to appeal. There's nothing wrong with appealing, but cop this. He is not appealing the sentence. He's appealing the conviction. So think about that for a moment. That's doing two things. Number one, it's a slap in the face um, and, and, a, and a like, <clears throat> you know, he, he clearly doesn't care about the sentence. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's basically standing up and saying, yeah, that sentence, <laughs> as if I'm worried about that. How can they change the sentence? I didn't realize that was possible. I thought you only yeah. appealed the severity of the punishment. I didn't he realize can appeal you could- both. But he's not even appealing the sentence. He's going to like do the sentence because he doesn't care about because it. Because who cares? Well, who would? Yeah, who Seriously, would? If, I was a, yeah. if I was sentenced to that, like, great. Six months time out sounds great, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> but, he's, he, but he is appealing the, uh, the conviction. So he doesn't want to be found guilty. He wants to be found innocent. But still serve. Like if, if they, if exactly right, which exactly is weird right. because if he's found innocent, wouldn't that automatically mean he doesn't have to do the punishment? Yeah, but his punishment will be long over by the time all that takes place. Oh, so he basically wants a clean record. Okay, so here's what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this is the and this is the thing that bothers me. He wants to clear his name. Now that's 
there's a certain level of that that is fair enough. Yeah. However, think about the victims. Yeah. Is this what is best for the victims or is this what is best for Philip Wilson? Yeah, absolutely. You know, because the victims get dragged through this every time it goes to court. You think of the stress, the post-traumatic stress of all of this taking place. He's not thinking – he doesn't give squat about the victims. If he, if he was concerned about the victims, he'd say, hey, I've been, I've been handed a, uh, a slap on the wrist. I'll take my slap on the wrist. You know, he's retired. He's finished. He's, you know, it's just live out the rest of your life in obscurity and be happy. But no, he's not satisfied with that. He's like, no, I'm going to drag these victims through it some more and, uh, and, and, and through another appeal and this whole process just so that I can clear my name. He's only interested in one person. That's himself. It just makes my blood boil. So if they, if they do this right and mm-hmm. they find him innocent, mm-hmm. does that mean like, I mean, like right now he's been found guilty, yeah. which doesn't, wouldn't that mean? So that if he's found innocent, he can then claim compensation for the six oh. months that he spent in uh, but wouldn't that also, like, being found guilty, doesn't that mean Netflix. by law he, he's got a bunch of stuff he can't do anymore? He, he's not allowed anywhere near kids, that kind of thing. Like yeah. You have that kind of But he's retired. You. Just enjoy your retirement and move on. Yeah. Okay. You know, just, just it's, it's, it's done. It's over. Does that kind do of something, st- Do something for a change in the interest of the victims. Does that kind of stuff of stay in your record forever? Because I know that yeah, in places like in Austria, after 15 years, it, whatever you've been convicted of gets... Yeah, but he's old. He's not going to, you know, yeah. be an yeah. issue. That's disgraceful. (coughs) I really hope the Australian legal system, like for once, pulls through. Sorts this one out. Okay, so this is uh, the the timing of this is interesting because Pennsylvania grand jury that we've spoken about here um, once or twice before has just handed down its report and identified three hundred plus predator priests operating out of just six dioceses that have abused um, literally thousands of children. Now, the interesting thing about this is that it reveals concealment um, by the hierarchy of the church right to the highest levels, including at the Vatican. Oh, mercy. And the primary um, documents that they used in, um, in, in, in this investigation were reports made by the church themselves, mm-hmm. secret reports that were locked in a secure vault. Mm-hmm. So the church knew about it. They reported on it. They, they they collected all the information of what was going on, and they locked it away. It's just uh, you know this was not something like yeah yeah we think that some, something happening here or so or some kid has said happening. something. They that, no this was stuff that they knew that was going on, and they kept the records of it. There is over half a million pages of records. Oh no. You know, you hear about these things as conspiracy theories. Yeah. And you think, okay, that's a conspiracy theory. If somebody had come to me on the street with this kind of a story and said, oh, did you know that, you know, in Pennsylvania there's a, a, there's a secret pages. vault with half a million pages worth of records of, of, uh, of child abuse, I'd say, yeah, that's a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mm-hmm. give it the time of day. I wouldn't even think about it. Like, move on, mm-hmm. you know. We've got, mm-hmm. we've got better things to be talking about than that. Um, <clears throat> but that, th- this is this is now one of these conspiracy theories that's actually come to light. It's been revealed. The grand jury, which is the equivalent, of, their equivalent of a uh, royal commission, mm-hmm. um, has uh, yeah a, a con- sophisticated conspiracy of cover up right to the top. I, do you know these, it's these kind of stories that make me feel a little hopeless because I'm like the the Catholic Church is so powerful for them to have gone to this level of cover up. It's like what hope is there for these people ever receiving justice for it ever stopping? And I just you know I, it, it's story like this makes okay, me want because, Jesus because to come. It's a, because it's a I grand just jury, want Jesus because it's a grand and jury, right? And and the U.S. Constitution being what it is, um, the names of these priests have not been released. Because you know it has to go to court and all this kind of stuff, but does um, you know one of the more lurid ones is the is the uh, details of a priest who would abuse children. Once he'd finished, he would then make them confess. Oh, you know because this this is typical predator behaviour, mm-hmm. um, making the child think that the child has done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this is just just horrific. Do you think if the world governments all got together and were like, no, nah, we're done with the Catholic <coughs> Church doing this kind of stuff, they would actually be able to bring justice about somehow? Absolutely. And the Bible actually talks about that taking place at some stage. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you some stuff in, in, in the Bible. That sounds good. I'd love to read that. But I want to finish with this story first because mm-hmm. um, out of the six dioceses, because this is, this is more than 300 priests over just six dioceses. Mm-hmm. 
You know, this is not the whole of the United States. This is just six dioceses in Pennsylvania. That's Mm -hmm. all. Two of those dioceses stood up and said, you know what? The court is not going to release these names. But guess what? We are. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. It definitely needs to name and, and shame. This is what needs to take place. Yeah. And so it is It is just a great thing to see a shining light like this because so often we hear, you know, Covers. over and over yeah. again we're just hearing these bad stories about the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. Mm-hmm. And there's reasons for that and the two primary reasons for that is the celibacy of the priesthood combined with um, confessional the confessional box. box being just, you know, the perfect grooming device, the greatest grooming device ever created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those two, th- you know, to send your children... To the confessional is, a, is I would say, is a form of child abuse. And hey, please give us a call if you've got a different view on this. We would love to hear from you. But it's just um, it, it it makes my I'm gonna, I'm going to write something up on this and I'm going to I'm going to post a rant on Facebook about it. I yeah, think, good. Because it's 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 time that that you're some setting of this stuff your kids was, up for to yeah. to be abused if you send yeah. them to a confessional box. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So. Um, yeah, so two of these two of these dioceses have stood up, and I just say congratulations for to them. This is good to see Christianity doing the right thing. It's good to see the Catholic Church in some areas. I would encourage the other four dioceses to stand up and to do the right thing and to name these priests. All dioceses need to do this, like this. They, and like, I would encourage Pope Francis suit. to start to start acting more than mm-hmm. um, um, he did with um, Theodore McCarrick and mm-hmm. just uh, sentencing him to a life of prayer and contemplation. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Really, seriously. That's very <coughs> exacerbated. But yeah, I, I hope they name and shame. Like, they need to be published. You know, and it, and it makes me ask the question, how long is it before Francis is exposed? Because, mm. you know, there is growing pressure on Francis about things that he was involved in, mm-hmm. you know, back in Argentina. Um, how long before the celibacy of the priesthood is abolished? Because, I mean, this is just a truly medieval barbaric. Yeah. It's a form of sexual abuse in yep. itself. Yeah. Um, that comes from the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it's 2018. Let's get rid of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with the confessional, mm-hmm. you know, taking a child one-on-one into a tiny room, locking them in there and having them talk about their sexual sins mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. getting any, any getting unlimited amounts of blackmail over that child. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, this is just... Um, and how long before we enforce mandatory reporting by priests. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. You know, the rest of us are mandatory reporters. Mm -hmm. You know, all other ministers, all other clergy are mandatory reporters except for police. They're like, oh, no, they're confessional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is a problem that we need to address, and I know I've spoken strongly on it a number of times, but it is something that uh, I do feel very, very strongly about. Uh, you think that the Catholic Church would be in the interest of wanting to grow their church, and this is the kind of stuff that only would hurt their church so horrifically. It's just, it boggles my mind. Yeah. Like if, if this was like a business or a company, and this, you know, this came out, their PR would be just having an absolute nightmare of a time trying to rectify the situation. But they're so powerful, so they don't even care. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. The Bible says, <clears throat> the Bible says that um, the ten horns which you saw upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. Mm-hmm. And make her desolate and naked and eat her with fire. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree to give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled and then they will see through it. And the woman which you saw is the great city which rules over the kings of the earth. Well, of course, we all know that that is speaking about Rome right there. And it goes on, it says, In in her was found the blood of the prophets, the saints, and all that were killed on the earth. And what we are seeing right now is a beginning of the exposing of the uh, religious abuse that has been taking place within Christianity over many, many, many generations. And we shouldn't be gloating over this. We should be... We should be horrified that this is taking place, you know, within uh, uh, you know within Christianity under the name of Christ. Anyway, one one more quick story, Mom. Yeah, go on. Go I've on. got a bit of extra time this morning because Tracy's not here, so mm-hmm, I'm gonna I'm mm-hmm. gonna use it. Use her time. I'm gonna it. use Tracy's time. So uh-huh. here we come. Uh, yes, being debated in the Senate is um, the territory's rights on euthanasia. So ACT Northern Territory would like to um, bring in euthanasia. Oh. And they're debating whether the territories have the right or not to be able to make that kind of legislation. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on euthanasia? Oh, I'm, oh Lyle. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, w- I wouldn't do it. Okay, so Labor's Doug, Doug Cameron says this. We would not subject animals to the agony and the pain that victims of an enlisted number of diseases here go through that contract this disease. Oh. We wouldn't let our animals go through that pain. Why do we make our humans, humans go, through go through it? it. Yeah. And, 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 and going on. Um, um, the Greens, Sarah Hansen Young, says, How on earth, how on earth 
we cannot allow people to end their lives with dignity and grace is beyond me. I, I dignity and grace. Come on now. I mean, when is death ever dignified or graceful? Really? I guess true, the question that I have is can like be better rather than worse, right? It's true, but if you're going to die, like, does it really matter? And then, I mean, so that's a bit flippant. But on the other <laughs> hand, like, I do have to think about the Ten Commandments. And yeah. Thou shalt well, not kill. Okay. So, so we like that's that's uh, that's um you know that's a little bit. I mean, what do you think about how thou shalt not kill? How does that play into this? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very it's a very vexed question right here because I read these I read these two statements and, and and there are elements of it that I agree with you know because I've had to put my pets down on occasions mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's a very very sad thing and the reason that I do so is because um, because it's pretty horrific but the long and the short of it is is that God is the only one who has the control of when we live and when we die and we should leave it in His hands yeah. We should not take that into our own hands and start playing God. Because animals don't have the ability to choose, you know, salvation or, or not salvation. Okay, so we have somebody who has called in with the quiz. Oh, yes. Oh, please tell me they have the right answer. Hello, are you there? Chloe. Chloe, are you with us? Hey, Chloe, how's it going? Good. Do you have an answer for the quiz today? Yep. Who is it? Delilah. Oh, my goodness, Chloe. You got it before Lyle did. <laughs> Chloe, can I just ask, how old are you? I'm nine. A nine-year-old has oh, bested Lyle. This I is possibly am. the greatest day of radio history <laughs> ever. <laughs> Chloe, I'm so, I'm so happy that you called in. You have the answer correct. I'm going to send you two prizes. Does that sound good, Chloe? Yep, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Enjoy school. <laughs> yes, yes, Lyle. Was that was that who you thought it might have been? No. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm going to send Chloe two of the coolest prizes ever. In fact, I have a kid's book. She's going to love sitting in that box of prizes. That's really awesome. And, and very special congratulations to Chloe. And uh, so, <laughs> so the first person to actually really break the, uh, the, the, the drought yes. um, on this one and to beat me to it. I've been done by a nine-year-old. You've been done. It is just fantastic. It is so exciting yeah. to know that there are nine-year-olds out there who uh-huh. know their Bible better than I do. Uh-huh. And I've been studying my Bible now for 46 years. Well, you know, I'm 46 years old, but I've been studying my Bible. Yeah, my, kid, my, my, my parents were reading me Bible stories when I was less than one years old. Yeah, um, it is, it so is really I'm, cool. I'm, I'm going to count it. And uh, and Chloe's out there, and she has just uh, she's gone in there. She's owned this quiz. And Lyle, I'm never going to let you forget. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of Chloe. Yes, good on you, Chloe. I I'm I'm so stoked that it wasn't just a person. It was Chloe a from Nine year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this story couldn't have got any better yeah, for you. <laughs> of course. Oh, so Delilah man. was the answer. She lived in the Valley of Sorek, and you can read about her in Judges 16. And uh, she was paid paid for finding out the means to subdue one of the judges of Israel. It was the Philistines who paid her to do that. And she found out the secret of Samson's strength. So those are the other clues that we had today. Listen, the symbol of his long hair. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Long hair doesn't make you strong. It's God who makes you strong. And it's obedience that was keeping his, you know, Samson's strength there. And when he gave his heart back to God... His strength came back. It's a great story. Just it a is fantastic. a really good story. One of my favourite stories. You yeah. know, all young boys love the story of Samson. Like, yeah, Samson. It's yeah. a story and good on you, Chloe.
Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. We have joining us in the studio a regular, Davis Dojic, uh, who comes on on a weekly basis. And David has recently been doing a series on suicide, which has been you know very, very heavy going, but a really important series. Now, as you've heard David heard before, David is the founder of 4D Living Lifestyle Health Clinic. Uh, this is a charity that promotes holistic health that includes all four aspects of health, physical, mental, social, and spiritual. Now, this morning we are talking about the topic of suicide. Uh, Again, this is a really big topic and unfortunately very relevant one. Um, And as we've already said in our previous conversations, uh, mental health issues affect everyone regardless of whether they subscribe to any faith or not. Um, the gospel is the antidote or the solution for every issue that pe- that, that may l- lead people down the path of suicide. Um, pain, suffering, loss, grief, depression, whatever it is, come to Jesus. That's right. And, and as, as, the, um, as the ministers of the gospel, uh, we are very privileged, um, very privileged, uh, Lyle, to, to be in a position of um, offering that solution 
the solution of the gospel because as we've said Christ says come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden I'll give you my rest. Yes, absolutely. Now, now, David, just as we're starting off here, how should we minister to those who have been affected by suicide? You know, unfortunately, there are at least, you know, probably two and a half thousand families, if we put it all together, um, that need to be ministered or supported every year. That's right. Basically, um, based on the Beyond Blue statistics and Australian Bureau of Statistics, about 2,300 families uh, go to that grief of having their dear one yeah. uh, or their loved one committing suicide. So if we multiply that by other relatives, we're talking about thousands of people who are mm-hmm. going to grieve. Mm-hmm. And so so um, as we briefly mentioned last time, someone even in our in our church community uh, has or somebody who was preparing for ministry yeah. uh, a young man mm-hmm. uh, obviously was heavily depressed and and committed suicide, leaving behind a wife and two children. It kind of prompted this little series, didn't it? Uh, that truly has. And and just last night, Lyle, I was talking to somebody and I was told that a 14-year-old student uh, committed suicide at one of the local private schools. Mm. Uh, so apparently his parents were divor- divorcing and uh, this young man could not cope cope with it. Mm, mm, yeah, just just un- unimaginable tragedy and you know, and we were just chatting before the program started and talking about how, you know, divorce is pretty horrific at the at yeah. the best of times. That's right. And uh, and when you've got something like this and now the parents, you know, they'll carry this for the rest of their lives. That's true. It's just, that's just so hard. Um, what a tragedy. Um, so where do we start here? You know, it's one of those issues when, you know, I know when I'm dealing with somebody who is bereaved, it's like... Where do I start? What do I do? And particularly with suicide. That's right. Um, you know, how do we support people who have been left behind, the bereaved family members? Well, look, death in any form or shape is, is extremely difficult to come to terms with. But when we're dealing with, with suicide, it adds an extra dimension. So the mm-hmm. grief experts say that the best thing is to support the family in a similar way. Uh, which we would support a family that lost a loved one in a car accident or a sudden death due to heart failure or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, similar way. Sure. Uh, there would be a lot of questions uh, going through the mind of the family following the suicide of their loved one. This is not the time, and, and I would like to, you know, just really highlight this, uh, Lyle, mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. being a minister and myself being a minister, we... we, we are trained to understand this. Yes. But, but many people might not, uh, you know, well-meaning Christian people. This is not a time for deep theological discussions. Sure. Uh, the loud one had been snatched out of their lives, and they might be, uh, there might be some guilt that the family members uh, may feel. So uh, mm-hmm. we need to empathize. Can we, give them, can we give them just a brief biblical support that, you know, because I think some people... Yeah, there's this whole traditional thing we've talked about yeah. over the last few, few yeah. times where, you know, suicide has been seen as being the unpardonable sin. Can we give them, you know, just a brief, simple statement? The Bible does not yeah. teach this is the unpardonable um, sin. And, you know, we know that, that um, you know, God, when he judges them, loves them more than we yeah. ever could. That's, that's, look, that's a very good question, Lyle. And, and uh, we, we, need to, we need to assess the situation very, very carefully. Mm. Uh, both of us have been in a situation like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and, um, what is important to remember here is that when it comes to such a situation, such a shock, such a great trage- tragedy, people go into the state of fight or flight, the state of shock, right. where actually they are operating at a different level. Mm-hmm. Where reasoning uh, uh, really does not work uh, with a lot of people at that point in time. Sure. Uh, so, so we need to actually connect with different aspects of these people. We need to show uh, empathy, mm-hmm. uh, some genuine empathy. Many words, and sometimes any words, are n- unnecessary. Uh, this is the time, as, as we are told in the scriptures, to cry with those that cry, that are crying. And this, we need to understand the stages of grief, shock. Whereas, I, I repeat, in the stage of shock, people are not able to, to, to reason properly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so we need to, to find another way to, to, to kind of minister them. They go through shock, denial, and then after uh, a fair while they go, they, they will reach that 
level of acceptance and 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 uh, so that's how we we need we need to kind of uh, we need to keep that in mind when we are ministering to these people and the helper uh, should try to understand the situation from the bereaved person's point of view sure uh, and so the key here is to enter the world of the person in crisis without slipping into uh, over involvement so because if we go all the way down with them in that sa- stage of grief we may actually suffer ourselves what we call vicarious trauma right uh, you know, so, so, so we need to, to and then we wouldn't be able to help them anymore then we, would ne- we wouldn't be able to help because them. we would need help ourselves that's right so balance genuine yeah. genuine empathy <clears throat> uh, crying with those that are crying without actually really fully uh, going down that path, uh, you know, th- 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 that they're going through because it would be detrimental to them and to us. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so we've got family members here who are going through a state of shock and disbel- disbelief, trying to come to terms with their loss. You know, lots of thoughts going through their minds um, as they would be dealing with a whole range of different emotions. How do we best support them as they face, you know, the the various thoughts? emotions and feelings that they're experiencing at a time like this? Okay, well, that's, that's a really good question. Uh, we, we need to begin where the bere- bere- bereaved person is emotionally. Mm. If the person is expressing anger, frustration, or disbelief, uh, and this is now very, very important, we should try not to be shocked or to discourage the person from acting a certain way. Mm. Oh, don't do that, you know, and give them some some uh, some solution that may not it's be It's interesting you say that. I had a yeah. family member who um, recently lost a mother. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I called her up and was talking to her about it, and, and she was going through a stage of anger. That's right. And at that time I told her, you know, because she was like, she was feeling guilty for being angry, yeah. and I'm like, no, that's actually normal. And she's like, oh, there's the first time anyone's called me normal. That's right. Yes. <laughs> but... Um, that's yeah, so right. we shouldn't we shouldn't be telling them, look, you shouldn't be angry, or you Absolutely. don't need to be angry. We just people who don't understand the stages of grief mm. may very, you know, really having the best of the person that they're trying to comfort in mind. Mm. They may just telling them, try to counsel them, but in a wrong way. Mm. So, mm. so we shouldn't we shouldn't actually telling them, don't feel like that or don't think like that. They need to go through the stages. Obviously, if they're suicidal, it requires oh, yeah. it requires different different intervention for sure. Of which we have spoken the time last time the time before. Mm. But we also have to clarify expressed feelings with the bereaved person. A person who has lost a loved one often loses uh, objectivity and cannot think clearly enough to make important. Uh, we, we need to listen to the bereaved person and help clarify thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. So maybe asking some, some clarifying questions. And, um, and again, a challenge, big challenge for some of the people who are extroverts. We, we, shouldn't, we should be listening Listening and not talking <laughs> too much, not yeah. talking too much uh, because, because uh, um, you know. I was just reading in your notes here on this particular, uh, <laughs> and if you'd like to get a copy of the notes, give us a um, give us a call and we can email yeah. them through for you. But you've written here, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> That's right. It's 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 very very important. We should never ever say, "I know how you feel." We will we will come back to that and um, in just a moment and continue this conversation.
Welcome back, guys. Um, we were just talking about suicide and, and, of course, helping people in their time of bereavement, helping families and being there for families uh, because there are so many families who are affected by this. I think we talked about, you know, at the very least, we've got 2,500 families across Australia that are being affected right. by this every year, which is just just unimaginable. Um, and David was talking about the importance of listening. You know, listen, listen, listen. That's right. Because and uh, then we had to go to our break and we're back again. So, yeah. <laughs> Some of us are not good at that. And that, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that is one of the pitfalls uh, into which, as we are trying to support. See, on radio, they teach us the opposite of this. They're like, don't listen, just talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so uh, as I've said, we should never say. I know how you feel because yeah. every every case, every story is different. Mm-hmm. And if you're the, never going to know that. That's right. Uh, yeah. So uh, th- what I say, Lyle, in this kind of situation is this, and this may be a good line. Uh, I cannot even imagine what you're going through at the moment. Mm-hmm. But that little that I can imagine, uh, you know, makes me feel, you know, for you tremendously. And if you want to talk about right. that, you know, you, you're welcome to talk. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... so um, we should try to focus on on the on that person's feelings, mm. uh, and the temptation here is to tell too many stories about uh, our own problem. Uh, that actually, while we are trying to comfort somebody, we should be focusing on them mm. and not us. Some of the self disclosure is sometimes uh, good, but but if you just uh, talk too much and and use too many of our stories. Uh, that is not very helpful. Mm, mm, yeah, for sure. Okay, so talking too much uh, rather than listening is a pitfall for many of us. Um, I think that a lot of us would find silence in these kinds of situations awkward. Um, I don't know about you, but you know, silence is one of those things I always try and fill by. You know, you fill the gap by talking. Um, <laughs> so, right. so showing, listening, and showing empathy rather than talking too much is is really important. Are there any other pitfalls when it comes to supporting those who are grieving that we can you know try and avoid falling into? I believe there are, uh, Lyle. Uh, we, we may be tempted to offer unrealistic or faulty assurances. Uh, things neither. Uh, uh, we nor somebody else can deliver. So uh, the, the advice, the tip here is do not extend faulty assurances. Mm. Um, yeah. That, that, we, that are things that we cannot possibly <coughs> do. Sometimes people in their zeal to be helpful will offer assurance. Uh, they, they hope will come true, but uh, cannot guarantee them. They always do this on the movies, David. You know, they've <laughs> always got this police officer, I guarantee I'm going to bring this person to justice. You think, <laughs> That's okay, right. How on earth did they make a, 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 a promise like that, you know? That's right. And so, <laughs> Real so life that, is not like that. Exactly. From that perspective, we, we, uh, we'll do well to offer hope mm. and support instead of promising what we cannot deliver. Okay, so could you give us an example of um, unrealistic or faulty assurance? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try. It, it, it might be slightly different context, but um, maybe it's a bit about self-disclosure here. Sure. I, I lost my dad seven years ago. I'm and, so sorry to hear that. Uh, yes, that's, he, was, he was 84. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah. Never was, easy. Still, still very hard. Mm. Uh, we'll be... Probably you experienced the same, you know, mm, or maybe yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so my dad died of, of heart failure rather than suicide. So I want to point it out. Mm-hmm. But still, uh, I still remember my mother's words as we were coming uh, out of the funeral chapel. Mm. And through tears, she spoke to my brother and me and, and said this to us. Uh, she said, my children, I'm alone now. Each one of you has his family to go to, but I'll go back to an empty home. Uh, oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. And so my brother lives only 10 minutes away from my mom, and I live about 800 kilometers away. Mm. She's in Brisbane. I'm here. Mm. And so my brother could have said something like, Mom, I'll visit you every day for the rest of your life, mm. you know, just to, 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 to try to make her feel good. Or I could have said something like, Mom, I'll ring you. I'll ring you every day. Uh, but we didn't say this as this wasn't realistic mm. or helpful. So we mm. said, Mom, we love you, and we will do our best to support you the best we can. Yep. Uh, please feel free to, to call us anytime and let us know how we can help mm. uh, you and, and support you. So make, so promise something that, pro- make promises that you can keep. That's right. So, so, so that's right. Let's not make promises on a spur of a moment. Um, as meaningful they may be to us, but really, um, you know, it's it's um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not realistic, yeah. Sure. Now, as pastors, we always look to uh, for ways of organising our churches and supporting grieving families and individuals. Are there some cultural considerations we need to take into in, into consideration? Well, of course, uh, those those practical and cultural considerations yeah. are very, very important. Uh, we are a multicultural society here mm. in Australia, and, and different cultures grieve in a different way. Sure. And so practical help uh, we may offer to people may differ uh, based on their cultural backgrounds. Uh, in the Western culture, our culture, uh, in most cases, we need to give some space to the grieving families and, and tread very softly when it comes to the way we support them. I found that some people are hesitant, believe it or not, maybe you might have, you might have experienced oh, yeah, uh, yeah. To, to even have a pastoral visit uh-huh, know, uh, yeah. at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they, they just feel they need to process the grief by themselves. Uh, some are happy with pastoral visit, uh, pastoral support, and they don't mind a frequent pastoral visit or, or a phone call. So, Lyle, the good practice is to ask people what support uh, they may need. Sure. We could ask them if they would be happy if we organize some meals for them in the initial stages of their grief. Do they need help with the funeral arrangements or letting the family members know about the situation? Sometimes they're so really shocked that they cannot even ring the family members so Mm -hmm. sometimes we as ministers do that or somebody from the family uh, do they need friends with their? Ch- uh, I mean, help with their children if they have young children, you know, to, to of any kind. Um, on the other hand, uh, coming from that kind of uh, side of the spectrum, some cultures support uh, the grieving family by coming to their homes in groups, mm-hmm. <laughs> staying yeah. with yeah. their family, the family overnight, bringing food, having those vigils, uh, mm-hmm. collecting don- donations. I-, I had the privilege of, of pastoring a church, um, uh, and you might have as well. Uh, of, of the South Pacific, uh, uh, people of the South Pacific background. Yeah, and the uh, family network is so important uh, for them. It's, that, a, it's almost the complete opposite of um, of the Western culture. Yeah, the Western culture. Uh, they, they are really uh, they go all out mm. to support in their cultural way. Yeah, to support the the, the grief, bereaved families. So yeah, mm. it's this cultural. Uh, uh, the cultural background uh, will basically inform us about what's the best way. Sure, we're going to need a we need a lot of what a lot of wisdom and tactfulness here. <laughs> well, uh, yes, in order to support uh, any family in this situation, uh, or especially when when somebody uh, they committed suicide, a lot of wisdom is needed. And and I love I love the scripture. Scripture is as you said. The scripture is the gospel is yes. the antidote, you know, for 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 grief, uh, and and uh, uh, talking about wisdom in James chapter one verse five, we are encouraged to seek that wisdom from God. Uh, pray for that wisdom. Uh, I read there in, in James one five, Apostle James, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without uh, without fault, and it will be given to you. So mm. we should also offer to pray for the family as this is a meaningful, uh, if this is a meaningful situation for that. Yeah, and I find that most people that is meaningful. That's even, right. even for non-religious people, they're that's thankful right. when you that's do. That's right, that's yeah. right. This is one time when, when, mm. they, when, they, when they are, many of them are open for, for, for God. In and even life. if they're not religious, they appreciate your thoughts. That's right, they do. Yeah. They do. David, um, I'm thinking that as we are sharing this here this morning, that it would be an appropriate time for us to pray because we know we have listeners out there who have been affected or are going, you know, uh, have been affected by suicide. Would you like to lead us? I would. I would be honoured to pray uh, very briefly. Let's both pray for this. Sure. Very briefly, Father, uh, as um, as we talk about this topic of suicide, a great tragedy in our, in our communities, mm. in our society. At this very point in time, Lord, we pray for for you to put your loving arms around the people who are grieving. We pray for your spirit to, that is a comfort. Holy Spirit is a comforter to comfort them. And we pray for, for a meaningful way of support that they'll have that in their, in their, within their families and friends. Mm. And that 
They might even reach out to somebody if they don't have that kind of support. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, David, and thank you for joining us on Faith FM this morning. And of course, if you are suffering from grief in any way or shape, do not feel shy to give us a call here. We would love to have prayer with you on The Breakfast Show if we can do that. Um, and support you in any, any which way you can. You know what our number is, 1-800-324-843. Remember me in a Bible cracked and baited by the year. Remember me in a sanctuary filled with silent
Hey Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.